0: Welcome to the family with
1: Alex Brampernard Rasmussen
2: Tevin Piven
0: Andy Brampernard And Mike Bryant Our special guest Peter B. Zwack is going to join us It's going to be fascinating ladies and gentlemen Are Russians ready for war? Swimming the Volga U.S. Army officers' experiences in pre-Putin Russia I wish we were in pre-Putin Russia right now Well maybe I don't, I don't know We're going no. to find out from Peter B. Zwack right, uh, in Just a couple of minutes from right now With the family do you want to do a live ad?
2: Uh, is that going to be too hard, or can we go ahead and do that? should be as hard as ever.
3: We can okay. do the live one. Yeah. There we
2: go. Uh, let's see. We got uh, temperatures going up again. So we got uh, melting during the day and then freezing at night right now. So anytime that happens, got to slow down, got to give yourself time, got to watch those corners because you get going and you think everything's fine, then suddenly, boom. You hit that black ice. So give yourself time, get there safe,
3: make sure everybody's okay. Bradshaw and Bryant. By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put JLo on top.
0: To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, you got an extra name mentioned there. Yeah, I don't know why I just did that. I don't know if that's fair, but you know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest. Um, is my mic, my echoing too much? No, you sound fine. That's the chat says.
1: The chat says that you sound very quiet and far off.
0: That's what I thought. Yeah, do? Sound, yeah I do. Just yeah, you. You don't. Yeah, yeah just, just I do. Well, I, can. <clears throat> I don't know why that would be, but would that is that any better? Well, is that good now? That's hey,
4: guys, nice. hey guys, one quick thing. Uh, not an ego trick. For the first round, please introduce me. Peter General retired. Peter Beeswax. That sort of sets the stage, I think.
0: Uh, I can do that absolutely. Okay, you guys, ready to go? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Does that yes. sound a lot better now? I'll see what we'll the chat have a says. A little bit before they catch okay. up to us. Any case. As the high-stakes standoff continues, take a deep dive into the psyche of Vladimir Putin and the Russian people with U.S. Brigadier General retired Peter B. Zwack. Peter, you're going to be one of those guests where I just introduce you, then I sit back and shut up and listen because, man, this is going to be fascinating. I, uh, but What a story this is. Peter, how's it going? Um. Hey, Um. this is a, a crazy period.
4: There's no other uh, way of putting it. I don't think we've been in a... Uh a uh, such a, a menacing uh, international foreign policy dilemma since uh, since uh, deep in the Cold War in Khrushchev. But this invasion of Ukraine uh, feels a lot like, and I wasn't there, nor were we, our grandparents were, what was Europe feeling in the late 1930s when Poland got taken down by invasion yeah. and the Czechoslovakia <coughs> got taken down and folks didn't know what to do and didn't know how to respond uh, and then the whole the whole world ultimately uh, broke out into conflict when uh, Japan joined in with the with the Nazis. Hopefully, they'll never go there. And this is we're just going to get through this period. There's so much history and baggage in this. We don't have the time to get into it. Um, but uh, this goes back. I think in Vladimir uh, Putin, um, uh, I think that. Uh, um, you've got to remember, and, and, and my book talks about this period and why I think the book is useful, is it talks about this period after the fall of the Soviet Union, friends, exactly 30 years ago in December, uh, last December. It collapsed. I think those of us who were of age couldn't believe that we'd all survived the Cold War without blowing each other off the map. Uh, and, and it looked like that, there were, that Russia, it was things were looking positive, And uh, the the Iron Curtain fell, and and Europe was free. And it looked like Russia was headed into this sort of chaotic but hopeful democracy that sadly flounders over that 10-year period between 1989 and 1999. I'm in Russia, in a provincial town, the summer of 89, right before the fall, and then I go back eight times, and my contacts are the Russian people, the students, the teachers, the business people, the sports people, the black marketeers that become oligarchs. And, and, and sadly, that period is basically hijacked by, by big interests, uh, the, the former KGB guys, uh, the, the world situation start to change. Boris Yeltsin, the president, starts to fade. Remember, it was Gorbachev. And then Putin comes in right at the end of my narrative. Uh, And nobody expected him coming in this way. And, uh, and, And Russia starts to go back into this authoritarian, almost dictatorial world. Putin has been in power now for 22 years. We don't know how much longer that will be. Key things about him, remember... His family grew up in the Second World War, the horrors of the war. And while the Stalin regime in part brought it on themselves by working with the Nazis to take down Poland, uh, the, 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 the civilians, you know, got caught into it, and the families. How about this? Um, 20 to 26 million Soviets, a good chunk of them Russians. Just wrap your head around that. Die unnaturally in the uh, in the uh, great patriotic wars they call it the uh, World War Two, um, and then between uh, nineteen fourteen and nineteen fifty four, that's World War One. The repressions, the gulags, the famines, uh, the war. Um, Forty million Soviets again. The biggest chunk were Russians, but millions of Ukrainians and Balts and died uh, during this period. So there is unbelievable scar tissue. Now I was I ended up serving amazingly in Moscow. Twenty five years after I had my time on the streets in the nineteen nineties, and that really helped inform me and prepare me. And uh, truth in London, I've been a Cold Warrior twice and probably right now becoming one again, thrice. Once during the real Cold War, as a young Army military intelligence officer up until 1989, I became a, a Cold Warrior again during the Russian invasion of Ukraine in 2014. I was in our U.S. embassy, saw it go down, and I'm now, obviously, psychologically in that frame right now. It's unbelievable, it's monstrous, the um, invasion of Ukraine, but the baggage is so deep. Now, we are in the West. We are peaceful. Europe is peaceful. Nobody wants a conflict with Russia. And I would go blue in the face telling the Russians, uh, the civilians, the military, when I was their attaché, or privately, but as, uh, as one older woman uh, eight years ago in Smolensk, which is right on the invasion highway, Towards Moscow from Belarus, said, But remember, General, in my lifetime, the Nazis came from the West, and with their boots, they stood on the throats of our villages and towns, and millions of us died. All I wanted to do was hug her. Now, that's not the West of today, and many Russians are, are receptive to the West, but Putin has hijacked this narrative put the Russians psychologically into a siege mentality, he's portrayed NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, of which I am a fervent believer in, uh, and not as a counter to Russia, but also a force for stability in Europe. Because remember, all those countries in Central and Eastern Europe that were in the Soviet era and historically before have been caught in this awful back-and-forth north-south, east-west of invasion, conquest, famine. Holocaust was heavy there. Uh, And so all of this is in the baggage. So where Putin will say, oh, my God, Ukraine is great. And and then, of course, they expanded. Uh, And nobody wanted to fight the Russians. They expanded because they wanted to be, for the first time in their existence, these country, part of a real democratic, peaceful security organization. Russia, however, looking at it history, doesn't give them a buy for this at all, but but they but the regime will play the narrative. You see, NATO's coming, the West is coming, and they're coming to take us down. And then in 2014, we had all the chaos, uh, and the Russians intervened. We we we, we uh, supported uh, the, the, and the West supported them heavily, but did not uh, intervene militarily, as we have not intervened militarily today because friends. It's easy to say, but the devil's in the details, and it could be unbelievably dangerous uh, as the Russians now, as you've seen, have started to rattle uh, their uh, nuclear uh, cage. I'll stop here and uh, open to questions.
2: General... a couple of questions, just based on what you said, because there's a lot of stuff there. Um, the, the two biggest questions, you, you talked about you know, how long Putin's been in control. Is there any kind of leader or any kind of resistance that would even suggest that his control is anything but going to go on until he dies? And then the second question I've got for you is you talked about it being a, a cold warrior for the third time. Do you feel like you're surrounded by different groups or different people as far as those who consider themselves cold, cold warriors versus, say, who people would have considered themselves cold warriors the first or the second time?
4: Yeah, okay. Um, um, all right. Um, Putin first. Um if everything works in a linear way, Putin can get himself re-elected for two more six-year terms and can be the president of Russia until 2036. Now, what is interesting about that, beyond the challenges of dangerously difficult Russia, is, uh, and, and they're being very cagey about all this, the Chinese President Premier Xi Jinping is, is, is basically a leader for life. So those two can be, if you will, in coordination, worst case, collusion, all the way out to 2036. So that's something there. I think here, friends, um, I think quote Putin, and this is what makes this so dangerous, is that he has put himself into a cul-de-sac, into a box, into a pressure cooker, into a stew pot of his own making. And, it, and he has been driving this Russian foreign policy. You, you, some of you have read his speeches. Where he's Well Here he's going into Ukraine to denazify, demilitarize Ukraine. Stop! The president is Jewish. And three of his <laughs> the brothers of his father ended up in the concentration camps and died, Zelensky. So what Zelensky has done is, I believe he is, nobody expected this. This comedian who became president two years ago to have have the freaking moxie, the cojones, to actually stand up and galvanize and pull his country together. Now there is a real resistance. I call that to Putin now long term. Putin is now in real trouble. It's going to take some time to play out. His population... Beginning to get rested. You've read about protests in the street. It's just the beginning. His troops in Ukraine are beginning to get hit, and they're beginning to people are beginning to die in large numbers. And it's slav on slav. And when you're a Russian twenty-year-old, nineteen-year-old kid, you know, in a in a vehicle or a tank or something, and you're coming up against Russian. Uh, excuse me, um, Ukrainian babushka, grandmothers or men in the streets shaking their fists in Russian. Why are you doing this to us? It starts to shake these young Russian soldiers who are now in an increasingly vicious fight in these big columns where you have all kinds of Ukrainians out in the countryside with small arms, with RPGs, beginning to take them out in, in large numbers, now, finally, get back to Putin. This now starts to play on Russia. The, and, oh, by the way, the whole world is screaming at Russia, except for a few diehard countries. The sanctions do hurt. Uh, the uh, international condemnation, the United Nations, does hurt. Um, this is really bad for business if you're an oligarch. And if you're an oligarch, you are, yes, you've been riding Putin's coattails. You, but, but, but you are not blind, and you're beginning to see your horse falter. And you're also—they're all by nature uh, opportunists and survivors. And the same for a lot of the leaders in the Kremlin and high government. So I believe Putin is making himself increasingly vulnerable. I don't see him anymore to twelve to sixteen years. I don't know if you'll be there a year, because yeah. now that I think it's just the beginning. The dogs are baying. Um, a lot of terrible things can happen. The longer, I'll end here, the longer the Ukrainians resist and the world starts this anaconda of effect of kind of almost smothering the regime and what it's doing. Um, um, he is stewing in his own juices. How, last Last thing, though, he just played the nuclear card two days ago. That's scary because on a bad day, like in the Cold War, even during the peaceful times, um, uh, they have, we have nukes. And I think this is Putin saying, back off, we've got nukes. Um, meaning that's a sign, actually, while it looks like strength, it's also a sign of weakness, because he is beginning to feel beleaguered, and again, I think the walls are coming around him, um, both externally and internally, but it could take time. And sadly, the, this 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 awful invasion is going on with Ukraine, and they're paying the price. But they are also setting the stage for
0: potentially something enormous. God, that's, that's I'm a- sorry, I got a little long on that. No, no, here. no, no, not at no. all. Did you have another question, Mike?
2: Uh no, I I asked both the the two questions I had there. The, oh, okay. That's and the Putin background is very interesting. I I do have one thing that you haven't talked about that I'm just wondering about. I've heard discussions that the the soldiers he's sending in aren't his top soldiers, that they're more of a of a B or C squad soldiers. Is that true or is that do, do we know anything about the type of people he's sending into the Ukraine? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, uh, let me try to explain very quickly. Um, um, my challenge is I want to explain everything. Um, and so I'm going to try to hit... Uh, Nothing because, wrong with no, that. No, because it is complex. Yeah. Um, uh, the book, by the way, is a complex topic. I'm told that it's easily to read, easily written. Okay. Um, the, uh, uh, the, the Russian military... Um, I would say one-third of it is very good, one-third of it is average, and the other third is a lot of other units, uh, composition, drafts, and all of that. Uh, the, on, on, uh, on a good day, the active duty military is under one million people. You'd think it would be more. They've got all kinds of, you know, quarter million National Guard and security. Yeah, it can, it can flesh out with a mobilization. But your point, on the first night, um, I think we saw elite troops, paratroopers, what they call special forces, uh, going in and trying to take advanced airfields and raids. And I remember, a lot of their best forces are still in Syria, or uh, and, and so they're spread out a little bit. But they went in, uh, they didn't get the results uh, that they were looking for. Uh, some of us were most worried. That they would go for a raid like they did in Afghanistan in 1979 and try to decapitate the Ukrainian government the first night Uh, because what the Russians want to do, we think, is they want to set up a puppet regime and that hasn't happened. And when Ukrainian, you know, young president goes out in the street in his t-shirt talking like a common guy, this is just completely screwing up the Russian plan. Russian soldiers and a lot of you have seen. The, uh, a lot of you have seen the uh, video now. They're coming up. A lot of them are 18, 19, 20 year olds. They're patriotic guys, mostly guys some gals, but they haven't. But they've been getting fed a line of, of BS, a line of disinformation, uh, and it's beginning to come out. And so, and so, and these are, you know, they're internet connected. Now, the Russians have tried to uh, shut that all down right now. But as I've been in Russia, Russia's Connected, the mothers are gonna get started to get really upset. And that actually matters. It puts pressure. The troops very quickly. Um, about of that of that force, there are probably I think they're closer to 300,000 Russians in there, it's not enough. Think about putting that inside of Texas and then having to fight Ukrainians all over the place and the military, a lot of it's not that many people. So uh, so, how about one third of those guys? Uh, roughly, are draftees. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Draftees—they're the ones that have come in on the second or third day way, and they're meeting all these Ukrainians uh, and 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 uh, they're good patriotic Russians. They don't necessarily even want to be in the military, but they're there now. And and so you've got that, and you're beginning to hear reports where. The, so russia and, and be careful on Twitter because lava is is is, is BS. but <laughs> you're beginning to read some units are beginning to get a little bit wobbly a little shaky now what uh, uh, and and the officers start wondering and then it trickles up into russia and uh, and their big allies Belarus their little ally Belarus in the north very important look at the geography where ukraine and belarus sit Between the rest of Europe and Russia. And that's why Russia, one reason they're fighting, they believe that they can't be more Western oriented because they look in these World War II lens. Nobody wants that. But the army is caught now, maybe in some way, but in an accelerated version the way our army got caught in Vietnam. Uh, Except here's the horror of their situation they're fighting fellow Slavic brothers and sisters. Uh, Their cousins and families are intermarried, and this and I think that the enormity of this is weighing in, and it's going to put huge stress uh, on the regime uh, and the nation. Finally, Russian military up front, with the teeth, yeah, fangs, very dangerous. But they have a long, the word is logistical supply line, and uh, and they punched in the places, uh, but they haven't secured the whole country sized country with 300,000 people uh, and you probably and now the entire Ukrainian people except some of the ethnic Russians in the north but even some of those may be wavering are huh, <laughs> you know they're, they're now all in uh, and that means uh, that means uh, uh, civilian and military. And imagine now if you're a young Russian soldier, and now you're having to shoot down a 15-year-old with a Molotov cocktail. This is going to create huge problems.
0: Yeah, I could see that to be true. You know, it's interesting, uh, Peter. Oh, by the way, i got to ask you one question. Do all of the U.S. brigadier generals retired that you know, do they all sound like they're 30 like you do? (laughs) Do they all Sound like they're 30 years old? <laughs> you sound very young to be a Oh
4: you're 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 a you're a you are you you're a rock star. Oh boy, I'm gonna tell my wife. She loves you guys. We're gonna come to Minnesota and we're gonna have beers. I love uh, um, so 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 um our, um Wisconsin or Minnesota. The um, so um I'm sorry. I'm just revved up. I've been, no, I've been living the with Russian problems set for, for since 1989, and, and truth and lending, and I touched on this. There's this. I sound like a raiding cold warrior, but <laughs> I fundamentally appreciate the Russian people and their culture. In the book, we'll get into that. So, so in uh, their regime, the Kremlin, Putin. This is really is Putin's war. Has put. Their military, their people into an awful situation. So I don't think there's going to be a happy ending. The problem and my fear is it is the happy ending can it blow into something really, really big or can be controlled.
0: God it's so amazing to me I look at uh, <clears throat> just looked at a couple of stats here. We're in a situation. Obviously, where we have all these shortages in America. We don't have this, and our shipping is that, and blah blah blah. Now we find out there's no helium available because we privatized helium. What, like 20, 15 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Do we? Is yeah. there anything we don't have a shortage of? Right now, it seems like we're short on everything. That's not very good planning, I don't think. Yeah, I, I uh,
4: think that you know that on the supply side, and that's the whole globalization in the last twenty years. Right. Right. Um, uh, and, and and that is and that is both that's both that's just been the American way. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as political. No. Uh, the the uh, but but here, friends, I think we have to. Uh, and Europe is beginning beginning now. Has has now finally seen it. The European Union is condemned and actually doing something. We got to tighten our belts a little bit and suck it up because this is potential, Putin. Is going to see this increasingly as existential to him. And he controls a lot of bad stuff. We have to remain implacable and together. We And regardless of politics, you've got to support the administration and Europe uh, because this could potentially turn into something really lethal. But also, and I'm stretching it here, maybe this is the Pollyanna side. If it's it's somehow the scene is right, you get, they topple in in Russia, and you get a scenario in the 90s, maybe the whole world in Russia will get it better where they try to, you know, they're put in in a, they're able to rejoin, if you will, the mainstream world. And that's really wishful thinking. That would be the good scenario. The dark scenario is that Putin and his cabal take Russia and, worst case, the world with them. So this is high stakes. we got to tighten our belt. We've got to support the effort. And right now, Ukraine, um, it's more, oh, you'll, you'll get the sentiment. It's Ukraine. Leave it to them. Friends, it's authoritarian in the world, it's the world, the like-minded world, and this is liberal, Democrat, Republican, conservative, if we don't support our fundamental principles this is like-minded countries in the world, now, what does, what does Xi Jinping of China think and those right. other countries that right. would do us ill? I, I have this saying, hell hath no greater fury than democracy scorned. And, we, and we're chaotic. You saw that in World War II, and 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 so let's let's ride that, but we have got to tighten our belt because there are going to be shortages of everything. But this is this is critical time, and I think not just our world history in Europe, in Europe uh, but it's the glo- in global history.
2: There, there's a report that right now that Zelensky just signed an application for the European Union. Which you know hasn't existed that long, uh, as far as time goes. Um, but that's an interesting move, considering all the other stuff that's going on.
4: Yeah, I I I, I don't know. What, well, I'll tell you, there is something symbolic to that. I don't think because the European Union is best based mostly on economic metrics, yeah. And the Ukrainians aren't there, but it was friends. If you go back. In your, if you Google uh, uh, EU Association in 2013, the the Ukrainians were applying and looking to get EU Association, just that meaning a closer link with Europe economically. Intentions were high, but it wasn't even the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. The Russians moved in on the whole idea that Ukraine would start to turn to the west. Uh, and through economies. Um, so so I think it's it's a little bit of that. Uh, and maybe there's closure. Uh, they get association. I don't think they would bring the EU, uh, uh, Ukraine fully in, just because of the economics of it. But right now, everything is changing. What the Russians have done here is, is an alarm bell wake-up call to most of whatever we call the free, like-minded world and it doesn't matter what our politics are now. This has focused us in a way I haven't seen as focused uh, in generations.
0: What's great about this for me, what you just talked about, by coincidence, well, I don't think it's a coincidence. It's something that needs to happen. I also host a morning show in town. I've been on the show for 36 years, and I was asked my opinion of what we need to do. I mean, what do we need to do? We get on the air, you know, hundreds of thousands of listeners and all that. And I basically yeah. said what you said. Uh, our politicians have to move, uh, CNN, Fox, the local televisions, the newspapers. My job is to try to move people to, to the center uh, on a daily basis. The far left needs to move, the far right needs to move, and as we get closer to Democrats and Republicans like we used to have, they need to agree, just like you said, General, we need to center ourselves and start agreeing with one another, and look at who the real enemy is.
4: I'm in violent agreement with you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, and this is and this is test this is this is a a national test for us. Yeah, uh, it not, is. There will always they will always be partisan politics. I got it. Sure. But we got to park the we got to really really park the fringe right and fringe left stuff here, and really focus. Uh, in the center. I completely agree with you.
0: Peter, you're an amazing... Can we reach out to you much more often? Because you know exactly what the hell you're talking about. If we could get through this by leaning on you, I'd appreciate it.
4: I would be honored. I hope some of you out there on self-published would would be interested in my book, that it might actually give some context to it. And I'm serious uh, about that beer, uh, in in your capital city,
0: I cannot wait to see you, Peter Bzwack. Z W A C K. The book is on Amazon. Swimming the Volga: A U.S. Army Officer's Experiences in Pre-Putin Russia. Peter, we'll talk again soon, sir. Thank you. God
4: bless for bringing me on, and 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 God bless all of us in the United States. Cheers.
0: Thank you, sir. We'll take a very quick break. Be right. And back the, the Ukraine. Co- <laughs> and the Ukraine. Yes, and the Ukraine, sir. We'll be right back after this break. Lender. The 2022 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Get out of the cold and into a 25,000 square foot heated showroom at Dan Southside Marine. A huge inventory of boats means the best deals of the year. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Explore what's new. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I thought the questions asked today were great. I thought Peter was very, very um, fired up, obviously. Yeah. Which I I think is terrific. I really enjoyed listening to him talk. He knows what he's talking about. And by coincidence, I don't think it's by, why am I echoing?
5: Because my mic's on.
0: Oh, so why would it echo? Because your mic is on. Should I turn mine down? Should no. I put mine there? No? No. Oh. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, there. That's that's a lot better. Yeah, that's a lot better. I'll adjust better. my mic. There we go. <clears throat> anyway, what do you guys think of that whole idea? Because this morning, when I was asked about it, that's that's the initial thing. It's the immediate thing I thought of is all the people on television and on the radio and in newspapers and in Hollywood and all these people who love to puke up this hatred as we point to one another. Oh, it's your orientation. It's your skin color. It's your religion. It's your this. Well, we actually have an enemy now, and that enemy would be Putin. I don't know about Russia, because they just have to follow his lead, but we have an enemy. We don't have to make one up anymore so everybody can feel better about themselves. We can all band together, and we can fight this. What do you guys think about that?
5: Are they even there anymore? Hello? Oh, you turned the... But i didn't hear
0: you. there we go can't hear oh now there i can you. hear you yeah, yeah. okay
1: better.
2: the first thing i'd like to hear the general and robin talk to each other you know those two guys together yeah friend a lot they those two would go on for five or six hours um, possibly yes but it was it was really interesting <laughs> yeah um do we have a real enemy? Um, you know, I think that that's still arguably debatable, depending on right. who you talk no, to no about understand. it. Yep. Yeah, um, but it was it was interesting. I mean, he added a number of things that kind of surprised me, um, and actually gave me more hope that Putin may be in a bigger problem with what he did here than yes. than I originally yep. thought. I, it sounds like him not taking Putin not taking out the the head of the government within the first night was a huge mistake. Yep that that's what's going to create a problem for him uh, ongoing. And he'll get bogged down potentially the way other people are getting bogged down. I had forgotten about this troop still being in Syria, but he does have a bunch of of, of soldiers there. So, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. But to, to apply for the... Uh, European Union at this point seems to me that that's pretty amazing. Do you think you could have been gone two nights ago and now you're (laughs) applying to, you know, I think I'll get that American Express card?
0: (laughs) So it is really, really amazing. But I I do think maybe uh, even if we don't have a direct enemy, we look at it at the world. Look, if he's if he expands anymore, he's going to keep on moving and moving. If he does take over Ukraine, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And it's going to end up in World War III if we let this prick Ke continue. It's my opinion anyway he's nuts
2: yeah i I just seems to me that war should be outmoded by now yeah there wouldn't it be great you know <laughs>
3: yeah it feels very outdated in like what are we even doing yeah. at this point
2: you know, I mean, drafted kids out there shooting people and and, and the whole idea that moms back home are going to all get upset because they're reading Twitter is just a different world than what we were looking at, yeah. you know, what, in the 40s in World War Two. Yeah, I've seen more TikTok videos of soldiers out in the, ba- like, quote-unquote battlefield, whatever, than, like, news reports, it feels like. People are referring to it as, like, a TikTok social media. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. yeah. I just,
0: I guess what I'm talking about is that, look, not that these other things aren't important, but they're not uh, threatening the world the way this jerk is. Because he is, I mean, if he makes any any kind of nuclear move at all, that is a threat to all oh, of sure. them. No, absolutely. Mm, yeah. So, you know, once again, while I, you know, Alex is a woman... Uh, Tevin is a black man in America today. I've never cared for Michael Bryant. You know, so we've got problems right here. But, and I understand that we all have a situation where, but it's gotten to the point where now to hear a woman say at a meeting, which I attended, all white men are racist. They just don't know it. It's like, okay, this has gone way too far now. It's not only are you a racist, you're stupid too. Okay. So I'm your enemy apparently because I'm a honky man. No, I don't think so. I get along with everybody just fine. Uh, I think, and I'm not trying to make this a, a, a sex issue or an orientation issue or a color issue. What I'm trying to point out is this is a real problem. People love to invent problems. Not that there weren't important things that happened in the past. That's not what I'm saying at all. But right now, today, we have bigger fish to fry. So you might want to, again, my family, that family circle cartoon I saw, was it just nailed it for me. The family circle, the old man's leaning over, looking down at the little boy, and he says, what's the secret word to get something you want? And the little boy says, I'm offended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. Used to be, please. Now it's just, I'm offended. Mm-hmm. Do you guys agree with that, that we, we created problems because we have such a comfortable life right now? We've created problems?
2: Well, we it's uh, we've been knocked out of our comfort level a number of different ways, yes between you know uh the changes and the fights over the masks and lack of 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 uh of goods and then you know the prices of gas so it's a different we're looking at a different world than we were looking at three or four years ago um so that's definitely uh part of it um you know how we respond to this i I, you know wars bring people together but I don't really want to go through a war yeah
0: there's no doubt about yeah. it but we don't really have a choice there he's either going to do it or he's not Andy what do you think
5: uh, I mean honestly I don't think that we should really care that much it's a thousand million miles away and it's two countries that have nothing to do with us we don't have to be the world police for every single conflict that happens oh well, that's true I understand it's that. just going to make a lot of people a lot less happy
2: yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a view, that isolationist view, you know, is, has sprung up in a number of different areas on whether or not it really matters to us.
5: It's not so um, much, like, if World War III started, then sure, but it's not so much isolationist as it's, you know, if the West gets involved, then pretty much every anti-West country is going to be very mad about it. The West is going to be very mad about it because now we're in war. Uh, Russia's going to be mad about it. So basically, the entire world would be thrown into turmoil for the benefit of a single country. And that's just, you can't, you can't, uh, you have to weigh the benefits. Who wins well, and who
2: loses with a decision like that? It's, you know, it's always one little spark that has set off World War One and World War Two. II. Yeah. I, I, I hope we don't get to that point. Um, you know, he, he didn't get there because he got deep into the Putin question. But I, I do wonder how if he feels like he's surrounded by different Cold Warriors than he was in the past. Um, because it seems to me like there's some people that normally would be Cold Warriors that kind of went away from that in the last four years or six years. You know, we're suddenly saying good things about Putin that, you know, I didn't used to hear that group say anything good about Russians. Um, they were the heart of the, of the um, Cold War um, but you know, it's it's a different view, and things change, um, and how big they change. I mean, what would be amazing is if this actually ushers in a, uh, a a weird shift to the west by the middle of Europe. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if that if that does go that way, and he is embarrassed by what happens here, that could really change the world in a lot of different ways, and could create some new powerhouses that don't didn't exist last year or didn't exist two months ago.
0: So what do you think? We only have one more minute here. What what are the three of you and Andy, what do you think of of the idea of Democrats becoming Democrats, Republicans becoming Republicans, but we lean toward the middle both ways? Moving to the center, don't you think that's a really good idea anyway? Well, that'd be nice, but is it going to happen?
1: Well, I think it's... People are always going to have their strong beliefs one way or the other, but yeah. I think it's important for people to understand both sides right. because yes. it's never yes. going to happen where all of a sudden everybody's like, because let say you're like extremely, extremely Republican. That's not going to happen for everybody. It's just not. And you have to be realistic and be like, okay, no, I, I can be extremely Republican, but I have to understand that we should all try to see where everybody's mm-hmm. coming from, you know?
0: Yeah. And the same for Democrats. We need to move toward that area where it's like, I can understand you. You grew up differently than I. You have a different life than I do. I can see why you have different viewpoints. You don't have to agree with everything I say, which right now is either you agree with me or I hate you. How did we get there?
1: I think all representatives should be have to be moderate because then, like, right. then it's like okay i can see where you're coming from i can see where you're coming from like let's do the best that we can to make everybody happy i mean it's not going to happen but we're going to do the best we can rather than like i have this thought and this is what we're doing
0: well and i you know i've tried to tell you and andy over the years uh you know everybody i know your age look i understand that Tevin is Tevin, but you know some black people are nice so he's not a good example. You know what I mean?
2: Look at the other black people. <laughs> yeah,
1: think of every right. other
0: black person. Because <laughs> he's a it's cuz he's a kid these days. He's a kid. And and yeah. You can never trust those a kid these days. I really enjoyed Peter Beeswack. I'll tell you no, what. he's great. He was a terrific guest. We got to take a break um, here We we'll Duck. T- What's that?
1: I was going to say, how many times do you think he's been called beeswax? Yeah, I was just going to oh, say. none of your beeswax. Exactly. All right, beeswax.
0: None of your beeswax. Yeah. We do not have Kostaki. Kostaki's taking a few weeks off because he does work 50 or 49 weeks a year. So we will come back and we'll schmooze about what the world should be in our view. What do you think? I, I said well, move to the middle, be- damn it. We should 20 in minutes on
2: how great Tom Brady is. Uh,
0: Yes, (laughs) we should definitely do that. He's in a
2: movie, I just saw. He's in
1: some movie. I promise it's going to be terrible. Oh, he's going to be horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be horrible.
5: That's really negative, you guys. Is it like a two-hour-long used car ad with an athlete? So come on about... down to Craig's used car lot. It'll it's be a, a touchdown. going down. to the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure.
3: <laughs> is it? It's, yeah, the plot oh. of the movie is like him going on a road trip to the Super Bowl. Oh, so so it's like self-congratulatory?
1: Well, and like, okay, we can talk about it more in the second yep. hour. Okay. That's That's what we'll start with.
3: All
0: right, we'll be back with the second hour. Thank you again to Peter B's Whack. Again, his book's available on Amazon, and we'll be back right after this.